Okay, Rimzipur. Rimzipur Sap, you got it? It's after, yeah. it's pretty far back. It's after Kisisa, all the way in the back. What page? Shin Chafei. Okay, page 325. Okay. Alright, so let's learn a Mishnah. Let's learn, let's learn a Chasidah of a Mishnah. Okay, how does the second paragraph of Megillah begin? Hakoreas Megillah Mafreya Lo Yatsa. Let's get the Pashup shot. A person who reads the Megillah, the Mafreya means? Out of order. Out of order. Backwards, right? The Mafreya. In reverse. If you read the Megillah in reverse, Lo Yatsa. You've not fulfilled your obligation. Kara Al Peh. Read the Megillah by heart. Lo Yatsa. Got to read it mitoch aksav. Kara Targum B'chol Lashon. If you read it in some other language, Lo Yatsa. However, that's only, the Mishnah says, the Mishnah clarifies, that's only for a person who doesn't speak that language. Because haloes shashama ashuris yatza. If you're a loes, a person who speaks laz, a person who speaks some foreign language, if you hear it in ashuris, and if you hear it in Hebrew, even though you're not really sure what's being said, yatza, you fulfill your obligation. Why are they calling it ashuris? Ashuris, yeah. Ashuris is actually the... Well, no, ashuris is the... Is the it's interesting. Ashuri is the is the script that we use, right? I mean, yeah. the, the same for Torah lettering that we use nowadays is called Ashuris. Yeah, but that's not. You don't hear the Ashuris because that's not the actual language. Right, just say hello, is Shama Blushna Kodesh. It's a, it's a, I don't know. I'm not sure why. It's it's a great question. Ashuris is really the the type, the script. I'm not sure. It's a good question. I have to think about that. Okay, Karasi Rugin, or a person reads it Nisnam name Yatza. If a person reads it, Serugan means like in pieces. So you read a little bit and you pause. You read a little bit and you pause. As long as you don't pause long enough to read the entire thing, it's a short pause. So you're Yatza and also Nisnamnim. Nisnamnim, the Gemara says, if you're half asleep. The Gemara says, Nim velo nim, tir velo tir. A little bit awake, a little bit asleep. You're dozing in and out. You're awake enough right, that, uh, that if you call the person's name, the person responds. The person's really out cold, and you say, uncle, he won't respond. But if he's like, you know, dozing, you say, uncle, whoa, whoa, whoa. So this nam name Yatsa. If you're chati awake, chati, chati out of it, you do fulfill your obligation. Okay, so a whole list of halachos to begin the second parak of, uh, of Mesechus Megillah. Okay. Yira Lirmoz Bezes. Let's learn each one. Each one is being meramis to something very deep. Alpimaimer Chazal, the Gemara tells us in Megillah Davzayin, Sholcha Esther Lechachamim. Esther sent a message to the Chachamim, Kisvuni Lidoros. Esther says, I really want to what? I really want to be part of Tanakh. I want to have an official book. Kisvuni Lidoros. Write me down for all generations. I want to be forever. I want to be written down. Now, the Gemara there describes that we were trying to figure it out because it's a strange Gemara. It quotes a Pasuk in Mishle. It says, the Pasuk says, uh, Halokasafti lecha shleishim. The Gemara says shleishim below rebeyim. We can only have three references to a malik, not four. They're trying to figure out like, do we have a do we have a source, an indication that we can make room for Esther in Tanakh? We already talk about a malik in several places in Tanakh. Is there enough room for Esther? In the end, they found a way based on a pasuk, right, in Chumash to, to squeeze her in. But it's like a whole funny thing. This whole deal. Like, what's first of all, what does she want so badly to be written up? And second of all, like, what, what's the big deal? So write it up. It's a great story. A great Yeshua. Write it up. What does she want from this Kizvuni Lidoros? Write me down for all generations. 
Okay? Gam roi lahavin. We also need to understand. Amai hitzrechu lismoich menatayra. Why do we need a pasuk to, to justify? Right? We're looking for a scriptural source to allow us to write Megillus Esther. Hold on a second. Do, do we do that for any other Navi who made it in Tanakh? Hello, kol hanaviyam, shayu bizmana zeh kosvu sefreyam. We have all sorts of books from that time period. Gagon Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, Chagai, Zechariah, Malachi. We don't have a whole thing where they're like begging, you know, let us be part of Tanakh. All the more so, right? Maybe even more than we need Chagai, Zechariah, and Malachi. We need the story of Miguel Esther. This was one of the greatest salvations of Jewish history. You're not going to write it up. So Esther is sitting there begging, and the Chum are sitting there hemming and hawing, trying to figure out, I don't know, do we, can we get... Here, come in. Can we, uh, you know, can we get after Tanakh? Can we not get after into Tanakh? It's a strange, it's a strange thing. Now I'll tell you, since we're learning the Moroshimish's Rimzei Purim, I'll tell you one of my Rimzei Purim. I had a Ramaz the other day. What's the Gematria? Esther said two words. The Gemara makes a big deal out of these two words. Kizvuni Lidoros. What's the Gematria of these two words? Kizvuni Lidoros. Okay, let's, let's do it together. How much is Kisvuni? Chaf is 20. Tuf is 400. Beis and Vav is 8. Nun and Yud, 50 and 10. So 488. Kisvuni is 488. Okay, how much is Lidoros? You have a Reish and a Tuf, that's 600. A Lamed, that's 630. A Dal and a Vav make 10, that's 640. Another Vav, that's 646. Okay, so 488 and 646. 488 and 646 is how much? Four eighty-eight and six forty-six is how much? Kisuni Lidoros, the two words that Esther used to beg, let me in, let yeah. Megillus Esther be part of Tanakh. I want to be in. Four eighty-eight and six forty-six. One thousand one hundred thirty-four. Okay, one thousand one hundred thirty-four. Kisuni Lidoros is one one three four. Good. Right. And what is the name of the book that she ended up getting? Megillus Esther. Megillus Esther. Alright, so what's the gematria of Megillus Esther? So let's write it down. Let's write down Megillus Esther. Now, very often, we can debate it, right? How to spell Megillat. I wish someone had. Do we have it? I'm, I'm curious. Usually, the real spelling of Megillah, LP Kabbalah, is without a yod. Why that is, maybe we'll see in a second. But the right way to spell Megillah, so Megillat. Would be spelled Mem Gimalamitaf. Mem Gimalamitaf. And then Esther is spelled as Esther. Migilat Esther. Okay, so it's 1134. It's amazing. So Esther says, Ladoros, write me down for all generations. Right? And she ends up getting Migilat Esther, which is the same Gematria as Ladoros. Which is pretty good. That's a pretty good one, I think. Okay? So, but what's Esther begging? She's begging, come on, write me down, please, let me be part of Tanakh, let me be an official book. What's the big deal? Make her an official book. All right, so let's see. So Amnam Yerealirmos. So perhaps we could try to go a little deeper. Okay, this next little paragraph is going to be hard. Let's try it. Kinei kvar bi arnu vakum acher. Asher bimei hapurim misnoitzes moach hachachma derech hamalchus shemayim. That Ampurim somehow chachma and malchus unite. What does that mean? As we know from the Kisvei Arizal, Asher Mordechai Merames L'chochma Ilah, Shu Morei Dechi. Mordechai somehow is connected to the Svira of Chochma. 
And Esther is Meramezes Lamalchus Shemayim. Esther's a Malka. So somehow there's some Chibur, some relationship that takes place between what? Between the Chachma and Malchus Shemayim. However, I don't really know what any of this means. Vidarshu Chazal Shalav Sharuach HaKodesh. It says that Esther wore garments of Malchus, and it means that she had she had Ruach Hakodesh. Okay, so again, I, I, I don't I don't really know what what this means. Vagam Isa Arizal. We find further in Kisve Arizal, Kitevas Megillah, like I just told you, Megillah spelled without a yud. Megillah below yud, Ola Bigmatria Ayin Ches. Gematria seventy-eight. Okay, Mispar Gimel Havayos, which is three times Yud Kevav. Okay. And if you have three Yud Kevavkes, Sheyesh Vahem Yud Beis Osios, right? Hashem's name, four letters, three times is twelve. Ve'im HaKolel, Arizal says, and if you add one for the Kolel, so then you have thirteen. Okay. Sheheim HaShoresh HaYud Gimel Mechilin Derachme. Which somehow brings us back to our topic from last week, right? Echad and Ava and the Yud Gimel types of Chesed that Hashem is pouring down on the world, we said the mazal of, of other is dogim. So tzaddikim even say that yud gimel mechilin derachemei spells out dogim. You see yud gimel, and then the mem and the dalit. The Rashi table yud gimel mem and dalit spells dogim. That's the mazal of, of other fish, rachmanis. I don't know a lot going on here, but there's a tremendous there's a tremendous presence of a kodesh baruch Hu and a tremendous rachmanis and a tremendous chesed. And love that a Baruch Hu pours down on Kla Yisrael and Purim. Shinim Shachma Yidei Megillah. Something big is coming down through the Megillah. Okay, let's keep reading. Uvechol Shana Veshana Bimei Purim. Misnotzes Hamochin Ila in Derech Hamalchus. So somehow Chachma comes down into the realm of Malchus by way of Malchus. Okay. Umetamtekin Hagvuros Ayidei Kriyas Megillah. And somehow there's some type of Hamtakas Hagvuros, some type of sweetening of the Midas Adin. So again, I don't know what really any of this means, but I know that Esther is saying that if Megillah becomes official, right, then Tzadikim will be able to use the Megillah, so to speak, to defeat all the Hamans of all generations. Meaning in every generation there's going to be Haman. There's going to be people who are calling for the destruction of Klai Yisrael. There are going to be Lo'alainu terrorists who want to harm us. Right? So there's some incredible influx of Chesed, of Rachmanus, that comes about through the Megillah that Tzadikim can then use to tap into, to, to defeat all the Gzeros Raus. Why? There's this incredible light that descends into the world on Purim. This incredible chesed that descends into the world on Purim. And that's what Esther wants to hold on to. Esther says, We were zochet to the greatest salvation ever. I don't want that to dissipate. I want it to be officially recorded. Right? I want it to be. I want it to to be canonized. I want it to be part of Tanakh. I want it to be. I, I don't want it to be something that was a one-time occurrence. I want every year, in some mysterious way, on the most mysterious yomtiv, to be able to bring down this type of rachmanus into the world. Okay. Now, now it gets a little easier. And this is what she was asking. Kisvuni ledoros, Esther said, "Write me down for all generations." Shegam ledoros yuyecholin lahamtik hagvuros. However, when we read the Megillah, we're bringing down such incredible Rachmanis on Kali Yisrael, so much Chesed on Kali Yisrael. 
we're negating whatever Haman it is that we're facing in our world today. It's a big deal. Kriyas Megillah is a big or. It's really a big or. It's a light that comes really from, from a place beyond. Okay? So as much as, you know, the superficiality of Purim is this, it's like a funny holiday. Right? In Pneumius, it's really, it's, it's one of the deepest. It's not the deepest. It's bigger than Yom Kippur. Tikkun Ezzar says it's bigger than Yom Kippur. Right? Purim is bigger than Yom Kippur. So now listen. So that's what the Halacha tells us in the second part of Megillah. If you read the Megillah out of order, if you read the Megillah backwards, then lo yatsa, you have not fulfilled your obligation. Chavar, what does that mean? Perish boha or hameyer. The or hameyer explains again. The student of the Magid of Mezrich, shim koreas hamegillah kederech sipurei maisios. If a person reads the Megillah like a person who's just reading sipurei maisios, if a person, yeah, exactly. If a person reads the Megillah like an old story, right? If you say the Megillah was Limafreya, wow, it was a time in the past where we had incredible miracles. If you read the Megillah as a thing of the past, and you don't take the heart. If you don't realize that when we read the Megillah, and again, most of us have probably never been to, to really big tzaddikim who read the Megillah, Right? But you, you buy a big tzaddik who really is makusher to Klai Yisrael, and you watch him sing the Megillah, and you watch him cry the Megillah, and you watch him daven the Megillah. It's an incredible thing. I was just talking to my Rebbe, my friend, Rav Judah Michelle, a couple of minutes ago, and I was asking him about his Rebbe, Rav Kluger, Shlita, Rav Mitzri Kluger, in, uh, in Beit Shemesh. And he said, Rav Kluger, Rav Kluger takes him two and a half hours to read the Megillah. He pauses in the middle and sings in the Gunim and he's having Kavanas and there's so much going on in the Megillah. It's filled with secrets. 167 Pesukim filled with Kavanas and secrets. Even though Hashem's name doesn't appear in the Megillah, it's filled, it's filled with Mamish, the greatest or. So Tzadikim, no, I don't know how to tap into that. We don't know how to tap into that. Right? But we can believe it. And therefore, HaKor is Megillah, Mafreya. If you read the Megillah, yeah, yeah, we're chazering an old story. It's Mafreya. It's an old story that happened a long time ago. Right, we're reading about miracles that once were. Lo yatsa, you didn't really achieve the purpose of the Megillah. You didn't, you didn't really tap into the Megillah. Daven, during the Megillah, while you're hearing the Megillah, b'machavin, daven, daven for things that you need. Daven for people who need Yeshua's. It's, mamash, a, time of, it's a time of Nisim. Okay, so don't read the Megillah, my friend. Don't think it's, a, it's an age-old tale. It's mamish, b'ayamim ahem b'zman hazeh. B'ayamim ahem b'zman hazeh, in our times as well. Okay, good. So that's the first halacha. Then the Mishnah told us what? Kora al peh lo yatsa. If you read it al peh lo yatsa, what does that mean? Yesh Yeah. Where are we? Where are we? That's a great question. We are on page Shin Chavav, and we are five lines from the bottom. Kara al peh. Can you see it? Kara al peh. Okay, so good. Kara al peh. So if you read the Megillah al peh lo yatsa. So Yeshli or Moz, Kine Hachiluk Asher Bain Torah Shabhsav with Torah Shwalpeh who what's the difference between Torah Shabhsav and Torah Shwalpeh? Esther didn't say, Tell my story. She said, Kisvuni Lidoras. I want to be officially written down. I want to be an official book of Tanakh. What's the difference between something that's a part of the oral tradition and something that is officially recorded? Torah Shabhsav. The answer is Kibitorah Shabhsav. 
Nirmos Kol Mashe Talmud Vosik Osid Lachadish. Because in Torah Shabbat Sav, Torah Shabbat Sav works on every level. Torah Shabbat Sav contains within it, right, every Chiddush that a good student somewhere in the future is going to. Moshe Rabbeinu already knew, right, the Vartlach that we're going to say. I mean, if you have a Chiddush this afternoon, let's say you're, I don't know, you're, you're reading the Parsha. And you have, a, you have a nice insight. You're like, wow, I just thought of a good idea, a new idea. Right? You should know that was all part of the master plan that was already built into Torah Shavuch Sav. Right? It's endlessly deep. Every letter is meant to be expounded. Every idea is endlessly, endlessly deep. Asher ein keitz v'sof l'mashin eschadesh v'asid l'eschadesh. There's no end to what has been you know, newly revealed and what in the future will be revealed. There's nothing that's not there. There's literally nothing that's not there. You want to know who, you know, who's going to win yesterday's basketball game? That sounds like a small thing, a small detail of Olam Haz, and a relevant detail. Why would the Torah care about that? If we know how to read the Torah more deeply, we'd know that the sons were going to win yesterday. We would have, we would have been able to figure that out, right, from the Torah. A person wants to know what's going to be, you know, what's going to be with uh, these politicians. Who's going to win the election? It's all in the Torah. Again, I'm not saying we should, like, you know... Oh, yeah, Bible codes. I'm not saying that. That's not, that's not, I think those things undermine Gematria. Right? And undermine uh, real Ramazim in Torah. But the point is, in this next line, Leika Midi Delover Mizabaraisa. There's nothing that's not hinted to in the Torah. The story of your life is already found within the Torah. You want to know who you're going to marry? It's already recorded in the Torah. You want to know everything about yourself? It's all found in the Torah. The Torah is a, is a, is a commentary on your soul. Your soul is a commentary on the Torah, however you want to say it. Right? But it's all there. So Torah we take every letter so seriously. Torah is a little bit more free flow. Rav Yochanan says like this, Rish Lakish says like that. Right? Yes, we find Sadiqim who make gematrios even in the Gemara. But the language of the Gemara, we're not as rigid about it, right? Again, we'll analyze every word of the Rambam, we'll analyze it conceptually, but we're not, are we as hung up on every letter the same way as Torah? Again, we take it incredibly seriously. But it's not as it's not as official as to, right. Every letter of Torah Shabbat Sav is calculated. So Esther says, "I want to be Torah Shabbat Sav." What was Esther saying? Any time a person engages in it, he 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 extracts right? new understanding, new layers. However, one of the most beautiful things about Torah Shabbat Sav, and it's not hundred percent true in the same way about Torah Shabbat. But especially it's true about Torah Shavuach It's really true about Torah in general, compared to all other types of you know, knowledge or wisdom, is that it operates on every level. So what does that mean? How could it be that this tiny little book that I'm holding in my hand right, could be studied by a first grader? It could be studied by the greatest Torah scholar on planet Earth. The Gadol reads the same book. Can you think of any other field of, of, of knowledge, any other... Right, area of, of thought that you have such a concept that the same textbook is used by a first grader and used by the greatest expert in that field. There's no such thing. That's why I think I told you this once. We say we say on Pesach in the Haggadah, we say Baruch Hamakom Baruchu, Baruch Shnasan Torah Liam Thank you, Hashem, for giving us the Torah. Now, what's that right next to in the Haggadah? Can I get Arba Banim Torah? Chacham. The Rasha, the Tam, the She'en Yodei Elishol. Why are we saying thank you Hashem for the Torah right before we start talking about the four sons? What's the Pshat? Because whether you're a Chacham, or whether you're a Rasha, or whether you're a Tam, or whether you're She'en Yodei Elishol, it doesn't matter how 
you know, how proficient you are, whether you're a beginner or you're super advanced. The Torah is for everyone. That's an incredible thing, that it operates on many levels. You can read the stories, and that's one level, right? And you can read it with the eyes of the Arizal. I know that every word in the Torah is a different name of Hashem and a different energy is a different, right? That's incredible. Boker Torah. That's an incredible thing. So Esther says, I don't want to just be Torah Shabbat Peh. Esther says, I want my book. I don't want people to read my book like it's just some old history book. Like it's a thing of the past. I don't want people to think it's a story. I want my Torah, I want my Torah, my Chelek and Torah, my, my Megillah Esther to be as serious as what? As the rest of Torah Shabbat Shabbat. When a person learns Torah, it's filled with secrets, it's filled with endless novel ideas. As opposed to Torah, it doesn't operate exactly the same way. It's not, it's not as, you know, multifaceted. Now, that's not to say that Torah doesn't operate on many layers, right? The Agata, you know, the Agata in, uh, I don't know, Bavasra. Right, the Rabbi Nachman wrote about it, the Vilna Gon wrote about it, and they had deep explanations of these mysterious stories. They're all Alpi Kabbalah, they're all very deep secrets of the universe. But, but the Gemara, the conversation in the base Medrash, the Ravina and the Ravashi, the Rish Lakish and the Rabbi Yochanan, you know, that conversation is not meant to be, is not meant to be, you know, analyzed down to the letter the exact same way that we would in Torah Shavach you know, I'm not making light of Torah Shavach I'm just trying to play up Torah Shavach the added chashivas of Torah Shabbat Esther. So that's what Esther said. Kisvuni ledoros. I want to be Torah Shabbat I want the Megillah to be the most deep and mysterious book, filled with the deepest secrets. Ratzalomer. Sheyasum izet Torah Shabbat Asher bechol eis yimtu ba sichlios chadashim. I want you to be able to open up Megillah's Esther and to see. Secrets and more secrets and more secrets. Shall I show you how Torah Shabbat Shalom and Torah Shabbat by the Megillah aligned? Did I tell you this from this yet? What's the Gemachio of Ayyib Yimeach Hashverosh? We did this one or we didn't do this one yet? So let's do it. Let's do it. No? Ayyib Yimeach Hashverosh. Ayyib is how much? 31. Bimei. 62. Okay, Achashverosh is spelled a few different ways in the Megillah. It's spelled the most regular way, the way it's written actually in that Pasuk. Vahibi Meachashverosh is 821. 821. That's Torah. That's the Torah Shavachsav of the Megillah. Okay. What about the Torah Shual Peh? How does how does Meseches Megillah? Let's go Torah Shual Peh now. How does Meseches Megillah begin? Megillah Nikris. Okay, let's write that. Megillah Nikris. Be Yud Aleph. Be Yud Beis. Be Yud Gimel. Be Yud Dalid. Be Tesvav. Okay. All right. So let's see. So Megillah is how much? Megillah. So we said Al-Pikabal, Megillah is seventy-eight. But Megillah, the normal way it's spelled with the yod is eighty-eight. Okay. The Gemara. Megillah. So eighty-eight. Nikris. Nikris is seven fifty-one. Okay. And now we have Biyud Aleph. 
Bays plus Yud Aleph. So 11 plus 2 is 13. B Yud Bays, 14. B Yud Gimel, 15. B Yud Dalit, 16. B Yud Tesvav, 17. Okay, so let's try it. Who's got a calculator? No, help me out, Chavon. Okay, Rabbi Yosef. Okay, Megillah. So 88. 715, 15, Mysterious balance of Torah Shabbat Sav and Torah Shabbat Peh. Right? Something's going on here. But Esther's saying, let's be honest, Torah Shabbat Sav has, has deeper secrets. Where every letter is accounted for. Right? Where every detail is accounted for. So Esther says, Kisvuni Lidoros, I want to be Torah Shabbat Sav. Again, I want people to find new understandings. I want people to be able to understand what's happening in their life by reading the Megillah. Virazin Doraisa. Secrets of the Torah. Kama Bashar Torah Shabhsav, like we find in the rest of Torah Shabhsav. And therefore, what's the halacha? If you read the Megillah, obviously the Pashapshad is halacha, right? If you read the Megillah, without a Megillah, you did not fulfill your obligation. But on a deeper level, what does it mean to us? If you read the Megillah, where you're not paying attention to every letter, you read it Torah Shmuel Pedik, right? You read it where it's a little more loose. You're not paying attention to every letter. I keep a piece of paper and a pen next to me when I hear the Megillah, and I try to find things every year. And then as soon as the Megillah reading's over, I, I, whatever I remembered or thought of, I, I try to write it down. I try to write down ideas. There's, it, there's new things. Keep your eyes open, you'll see something new. But you have, to, you, have to, you have to want to go searching, you have to go exploring. Try to find something, find the word that jumps out at you. Ask, ask a new question, even if you don't have an answer. Right? Listen to the Megillah in real time, it's talking to you. So, Bechol Shana Vashana, every year the Megillah has new ideas. Rimze Torah ad ein shir So, if a person reads the Megillah and he just reads it the way we read Torah Shaval Peh, where you're not necessarily analyzing every single letter, then lo yatsa, you have not fulfilled your obligation. Okay, so two incredible halachas so far. You can't read the Megillah Mafreya. If you think, if you think that the Nisan that we're describing, once upon a time, Hashem loved us like that and was willing to overturn the whole world for us. No! Don't read the Megillah that way. Read the Megillah as, as talking to you. Right? And secondly, don't read the Megillah Al-Peh. Make sure you read it, read it Bichsav, read it where you're analyzing every bit of it, trying to, to find something new. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a chiddush I had for Shabbat. Yeah, little things, not 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 big chiddushim. Just paying attention to letters and like noticing things, you know. So I was thinking, the pasuk says, "Kavei al Hashem, chazak v'yametz libecha, right? V'kavei al Hashem." So what does that mean? That's a very it has a lot to do with Purim, right? Chua sam ha'yisal anetzach v'tikva sam the whole door of door. What's tikva? Tikva means hope. Right? What's kavei al Hashem? What does kavei al Hashem mean? Put your put your hope in Hashem. What happens when things seem to not work out? Kavei Hashem, right? And it didn't work out. Chazek v'yametz libecha, the Kavei Hashem. Strengthen your heart and try again, right? 
A Jew doesn't doesn't give up. He gets knocked down and he picks himself back up. Sheva yipol tzadik, v'kam. A Jew gets knocked down seven times. It's tzadik, v'kam. He picks himself back up. Amalek wants to knock us down and keep us down. You know the everyone knows that pasuk, right? Sheva yipol tzadik v'kam. Yeah. Look, what are the sofei tevos? What are the sofei tevos? Who wants to knock us down and keep us down? Sheva ends in an ayin. Yipol ends in a lamid. Tzadik ends in a kuf. V'kam ends in a mem. What are the last four letters? Amalek. Malik wants to knock us down and keep us down. <coughs> That's maybe part of the secret as to why in Parshas Vayishlach, what does Yaakov do when he meets up with Esau? Who's really the, the root of a Malik? What does Yaakov do as he's approaching Esau? What does he do? Bows. He bows down seven times, right, until he reaches his brother. So the Zohar is like, what? How could Yaakov bow down to Esau? How could that be? There's a lot of answers to that question. But I think, you know what Yaakov was doing? He was practicing. He was showing. Sheva Yipol to become. He, he was sending a message. It wasn't the bowing down. He was saying, Esau, I'm just letting you know, if you're going to knock me down again and again and again and again, at the end, Yaakov is standing before Esau. Right? He's sending a message to Esau. I'm not gonna, I will not be knocked down by you. Sheva yipol tzadik. Even if you knock me down seven times, I'll pick myself back. So Purim has a lot to do with, you know, remaining hopeful, right? It was a time of incredible despair. It was a really bad time. I mean, it was looking really... It was looking really uh, terrible for Claudia Yisrael. And somehow we, we, we rallied, right? We got together, we davened. Esther pushed her way in. She was nervous. Mordechai gave her chizuk. Kaveh el Hashem. Chazak ver sibecha. Kaveh el Hashem. Okay, so Sadiqim say, say like this. This is not my own. Sadiqim say that, uh, what's the gematria of Kaveh el Hashem? It's an easy one to work out. Kaveh is how much? Kuf vav hei. 111. The gematria is Aleph. I say much is Aleph. Okay, because the whole avodah of, of other is Aleph, of Aleph Dar. I don't want Aleph to be in my life. But I want to have, I want to have hope, right? Chua Asam Ha'isa La'netzach in every generation. Don't read the Megillah Ma'afreya. Tikva Asam Bechol Dar You should be hopeful also. Ah, come on, Mashiach said, come. The world's such a mess. Kabiel Hashem. Let's say you're feeling really good. Yeah, I'm feeling, you know, like during the early stages of Corona, there was like a lot of, you know, Mashiach fervor in the world. You felt like, you felt like something's happening. And it didn't happen. Okay, so Kavi Hashem again. So put your hope, re, re, you know, reinvigorate yourself and put your hope in Hashem again. Okay, so how much is Kavi Hashem? Kavi is 111. L, 31. Hashem, 26. 168. Okay? So what happens if you're Kavi Hashem and then you get disappointed, but then you're Kavi Hashem again? Like the Pesach says. Kavi Hashem. Chazak Bechot, the Kavi Hashem. So what's two times Kavi Hashem? 168 times 2? 336. Right? 336. What's 336? Boom. Smash your boom. Okay? So, Kavi Hashem, Chazak, Sadiqim say, Kavi Hashem, put your hope in Hashem. Things didn't work out. We got to rally. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't despair. Haman is a Malik. A Malik wants us to have Yerush. Kavi Hashem, put your hope in Hashem. It didn't work out. Kavi Hashem again. Two times Kavi Hashem is Gamash your what? Is Gamash your boom. 336. But I was thinking, what are some of the most famous words of the whole Megillah? Right? The Jewish people re-accepted the Torah. Kimu right? v'kiblu. What does the Pasuk say? It says, Kimu v'kiblu ha-yehudim. Kimu v'kiblu ha-yehudim. So I just noticed. I was, again, a little thing I noticed over, over Shabbos. Kimu v'kiblu ha-yehudim. What are the first three letters? The Rashi Teos of Kimu Vikiblu Ayudim Kaveh. 
In other words, the whole idea of reaccepting the Torah is also part of this idea of like, try again, right? I tried to understand the sugya. It's too hard. This gemara is too hard. I'll switch to a different mesech that's easier. Kavi Hashem, keep trying. Right? I tried to I tried to daven with kavanam. It didn't go. Okay, so come back again at mincha. Come back stronger. Right? The essence of, of Torah is the kavay, is the hopefulness, is the longing, right? Is the belief that that a Kodesh Baruch Hu, you know wants us. So a person who reads the Megillah, mafrei lo yatsa. A person who reads the Megillah al he reads it kind of loose. He's not paying attention to every message that's being shared with him. Lo yatsa. He's not fulfilled his obligation. Okay, what's the next halacha? Take a look at the next halacha. Kara targum lashon lo yatsa. If you read it in foreign languages, lo yatsa. What does that mean? Romes kimipnei shenimshach bekriyasa oros alyonam vamshachas chasadim. You know the Gemara. The Gemara tells us that Talmai HaMelech, right, took 70 or 72 sages, depending on which Gersu you use. He took a whole group of rabbis, he put them into different rooms, and he forced them to what? To translate the Torah into Greek. And three days of darkness descended upon the world. Right, that's part of the sadness of the month of Teves, the 8th, 9th, and 10th of Teves. So we explained in the past why three days of darkness. Because what happens when you translate the Torah into a different language? You can still have the pshat, you can have the literal translation, but you lose three dimensions. You lose remez, and you lose drush, and you lose sod. You lose the deeper dimensions of Torah, right? Because I can't do the gematrias, I can't do the ramazim, I can't look at the rashi tevas, I can't, I don't have the, the sensitivity of the letters that comes when I'm speaking in Lashon HaKodesh. So therefore, the Megillah, Kara Targum B'chol Lashon, if you read the Megillah in Targum, or in any other language, right? Again, Romes, because I'm bringing down such incredible light into the world. When I read it in a foreign language, if I read the Megillah in French, so then I'm bringing Hashpa onto, onto French people. I want to bring Hashpa onto Jewish people. Not that I, you know, I don't have anything against French people, but if I read it in Lashon HaKodesh, Right? So that's part of the, the secret. Again, Megillah is called an Igeras. It's not, it's not just called a Sefer, it's called an Igeras. It's a love letter between Hashem and us. Right? So it's written in a language, hopefully, that, you know, that we understand and that our, that our enemies don't. But when I translate it, right, when I make it available to the masses, so it loses some of the hashpa, the direct hashpa that we're bringing down upon ourselves. Right? But if a foreigner hears it in Lashon HaKodesh, so then he does fulfill his obligation. Because again, by receiving it, even though he's a foreigner, even though he sees himself as an American Jew or a French Jew or a Russian Jew, when he hears in Lashon HaKodesh, he's able to receive it, his soul is able to receive it like a yid, like a Jew. Okay? Okay. What's next? Next halach in the Mishnah. These are all halachas. Karaseirugin. we said if you read it with the pauses... You read it, and you pause a little bit. You read it, you read it piecemeal. You read it, right? Serugan means uh, in, in, in little chunks. Okay, what does that mean? Romans. The Gemara tells us in Megillah Dafiotas, V'tichtov Esther es kol tokef. Esther recorded all of the strength. She recorded the power of the Megillah. Very powerful. She recorded the power of the Megillah. What does that mean? So the Gemara has, the Mishnah and the Gemara there, in discussing this uh, Pasuk, say that uh, this is the Pasuk that led to a machlokas tanayim about how much of the Megillah do you need to read. You have to read the strength of the Megillah. Well, which part is the strong part of the Megillah? 
So man da amar kula, the one who says you need to read all of it, tokvo shalachashverosh. You need to read the Megillah from the strength of Achashverosh, which starts by Hibimei Achashverosh. You've got to read from the beginning. There's another opinion that says, One opinion says, as long as you read the Megillah from Ish Yehudi till the end, so then that's enough. So what's the strength? You have to read the strength of Mordechai. The one who says you can start reading from the third parak, that's Tokvo Shohaman. You have to read about the power, the strength, to appreciate the Megillah. You have to read the strength, the authority that Haman had. And the fourth opinion, which is very shown by Yochai, that you can start reading from Achashverosh's sleepless night, right? that's really the turning point in the Megillah. So that's what's, what's the strength of Achashverosh's sleepless night? The strength of the miracle. Because that's where you see things, all the pieces starting to line up. Okay, interesting. I already told you above that when we hear the Megillah every year, it's a time of miracles. It's a time where a person can access wondrous things. But not all times are equal in terms of what we need. Think about it. Think about Think about the Megillah. Just think about the Megillah historically. Right? Think about the places that the Megillah was read. Or think about different time periods of, of Jewish history and world history. Right? Think, about, think about what that means. That the Megillah would be read in, in all generations. Right? Like it says in the Megillah itself, that this book is forever. Lo yasuf mizaram. The Megillah will never cease to exist from the descendants of the Jewish people. So think about it. Right? So right now, is anyone? What does it mean to read the Megillah when Hitler is calling, right, Mamish like Haman to destroy the Jewish people? What does it mean for you guys right now? What are, what are the enemies that you face? Right? What, what's your Yitzhar? What are you under attack? Right? What, what cultural hashpa uh, are you trying to to stay above to be able to be authentic, you know, Torah Jews? Right? Who are our enemies in the world today? Right. What does it mean for a Jew in Auschwitz to hear the Megillah? What does it mean for a Jew in the time period of the Crusades to hear the Megillah? What does it mean for a Jew in, in, in really good points in Jewish history to hear the Megillah? Right? So not all the time periods are the same in terms of what we need from the Megillah. Sometimes we're living under a king who's actually a very difficult king, right? Clearly true to Jewish history. Periods where we're under governments or, or rulers who are very anti the Jewish people, who make our lives a living hell. Right? In America, we're blessed to practice our religion freely. So it's a very different experience. But what I need, or what I'm trying to daven for when I hear the Megillah, right? I'm, not, I'm not begging if only I could, you know, I'm not a Jew who's afraid to put on his fillin or he's going to be sent to Siberia. I don't have to wake up in the morning with that fear. Maybe there's a Melech who's a Melech of Chesed or a Medina of Chesed. But maybe while the you know while the king is good, maybe he has advisors who are anti-Jewish. Maybe there are senators, right, members of Congress who are anti-Jewish, who are who are you know maybe maybe the UN is the is the enemy of of Klal Yisrael, right? And again, it's true on spiritual levels. What's what's the Yitzhar of our generation? Right? What are the what are the political challenges of our generation? We have to live with the story. So therefore what? 
So therefore, it says our Rabbi the Mor Vashemesh, what a beautiful pshat. These Tanayim, who give us all different points, where do you have to read the Megillah from? Right? So one says you have to read from the beginning, one says you've got to read about Mordechai, one says you've got to read from Muhammad, one says you've got to read from the turning point in the story. It's not really, in Pneumius, it's not really a machlokas. The halacha we pass, you have to read the whole thing. So what is this machlokas? So sometimes you have to really, what? You, have to, you're, you feel frightened by the Melech, right? The Toka of Hamalchus, the king, the government that you're living under, is, uh, is an evil regime. We have to ask, right, Hashem to save us from, from, the, from the overarching hatred of Klal Yisrael. We need to daven. We need to read the part about Achashverosh's power and daven Hashem, turn it around. Look how Hashem did turn Achashverosh's heart around. So we daven, we read the Megillah, we daven Hashem. Please save us from, you know, save us from this, uh, this, this leadership. To subdue, Lachni means to subdue. To humble or to subdue the strength of this evil empire. And if the Malchus, if the government is actually kind towards the Jewish people, but there are individuals who are always saying ridiculous things, anti-Semitic things against Klal Yisrael, so then we have to focus, what? We have to think about the power of Haman and Thaven Hashem, just like you took out Haman then, take out these Rishayim. Sometimes, people don't have an appreciation for Tamir Chachamim, for Tzadikim. People only criticize Tzadikim. People are only seeing the, the you know, why the Tzadikim don't do enough. Right? Or they don't appreciate the Tzadikim's nuanced approach to a delicate issue. Right? So we need to read about the strength of Mordechai. We need to have, we need to put up on the pedestal the, the, the Tzadik, right? the Jewish leader, to restore, to uplift the Karen HaTzadikim. If it's a Nifal Kriyas Tokvash Mordechai. Or Vishal Nais to read about the miracle. Vizer Rome's Karaserugin Yatza. What does it mean, Karaserugin Yatza? If you read it, right? If you read it choppy, Yatza, what does that mean? Shekafit Sarachashat, Sarach Shatisov, Ofenakriya. In other words, what? The, the Megillah is not always going to be the same every year, right? There's going to be areas where you read more quickly and areas maybe where you read a little more slowly, where you pause and you want to dive in a little bit. I just told you, Rav, Rav Kluger Shlita in, in Beit Shemesh. Right, Kluger, Kluger is, is, you know, there's points in the Megillah where he pauses and he'll he'll, he'll sing a nigan and he'll be having different kavanos and shemos and tefilos in his mind because he's he's resp- he's living the Megillah in real time. It's not lemafreya, right? It's happening. In, it's happening in our world. So seirugin just means the choppiness of the Megillah. Right? Again, you're still going to read the whole thing, but you're allowed to pause if there's a particular point that you feel like you know what we need. We need chizik in the Indian of uplifting the Mordechai. Having respect for Tamir Chachamim. You know what? We have, we're living in a time period where there's a clearly identifiable Haman who hates Klai Yisrael. Or we're living globally under a government, right? A Malchus that's so bad for the Jewish people. So we read the Megillah as, uh, as reflecting that awareness. Yeah. Man, do you want to say something? No. Oh, okay. I thought you, thought you had your hand up for a second. Anyone? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. How do we understand the Poshib shot of the Gemara? Meaning, you're going to be Yoti in the Megillah if, you, you're Yoti if, the you're Megillah. In out, if you're in and out of certain parts? No, so it's not, this is not you're in and out of certain parts. This is you're going to read the whole Megillah, but Seruga means there's pauses. Right? So he's saying that it's okay, it's Yatza, Yatza. It makes sense to read it with, with you know, areas where I, where I pause a little bit, where I focus. Right? You're allowed to pause for a moment during Megillah and, and, and try to really, you know, feel that part more deeply.
Yatza, you are fulfilling your obligation. Okay? What was the last halacha? Right? The last halacha is a person who's half asleep, half awake. Nisnamnim. Right? A person who's nisnamnim, we said, is also yatza. If you're a little bit, if you're a little bit of a sleepy Jew, you could also fulfill your obligation. What does that mean? Concludes the rabbi, the last paragraph of the piece. Misnamnim romes. Yeah. Kishin Misnamnim romes. Misnamnim means again, in and out of uh, consciousness. You're chatzi asleep, chatzi awake. And you do fulfill your obligation that way. Shekeshiyesh chash v'shalom histalkus hamochen mi'al hakneses Yisrael. When the Jewish people, when our mind is not in a fully open state, Going back to what we started with, somehow on Purim, there's this chibur between what? Between Chachma and Malchus. Again, just to understand that for a second, as much as we don't understand that. Right, just look at the serials for a second. What are we doing? Chachma is the, is, right, Kesar is its own thing. Right, but let's say, let's talk Chabad. Right? We have Chabad, and then we have the seven lower serials. So Chachma is the highest point of, of, of the you know, the intellectual attributes of God, right? The mochen, the mind of God. Chachma is the highest point in the mind of God. Malchus is what? Malchus is the lowest of the seros in terms of the emotional attributes of God. So the, the chibor, to connect Chachma and Malchus, means in a certain sense to really connect the highest and the lowest. Again, Kesser is its own, its own category. Right? But to really, to somehow reach from the starting point of Chachma, right, the loftiest ideas but to bring them down into the most, into the, you know, into the greatest, lowest kli that we have to receive. And in a certain sense, that's what Purim is. We're learning, the Megillah is the loftiest part of Torah Shavach We learned, we learned the other week, the Chassam Sofer told us that the light of the Megillah, the ore and the Kedush of the Megillah is higher than the Torah itself. Which is a wild thing to say. But somehow this awesome light that comes down through the Megillah from a place of Chachma, from the highest, from the highest supernal wisdom, comes down into the lowest malchus. It comes down into the silly costumes and the drinking and the, the mishta and the simcha and the music and the dancing and all the, the wildness of Purim. Right? That somehow the highest and the lowest you know, meet up. It's what we learned again from Avlai B'la'eger. Right? About is other the last month of the year? Or is other really like the, the, the Hakadama to the first month of the year? Right? Is that a starting point or is it an end? It, it's, it's being makasha the lowest and the highest. I told you this story. I've told, for sure told, told you guys this before. When, when the Rebbe of Zinichov was talking to the Briskarov about Adam Harishon being buried in Marsama Fela, did I say it recently? The Rebbe of Zinichov was once with the Briskarov. And he said that, Adam, we were talking about Adam Harishon being buried in Marsama Fela. And he said, the Medrash says that Adam was so tall that the only way to bury him in Marsama Fela was to fold him in half. <clears throat> Adam had to be folded in half in order to fit into Marsama Fela. The Medrash. A state in the Medrash. So the Rebbe of Zinichov said, Briskarov, you understand what that means. What would happen if you folded a person in half? If you fold a person in half, his feet would touch his head. His feet would touch his head. And the Briskarov jumped out of his seat. That's why I saw the recording in the safe. The Briskarov jumped out of his seat. What was he saying? What was the, what was the Rebbe of Zinichov being Baramis too? He's saying, look how us, the Ikvas of the Mashiach, the heel, the lowest part, the trampled part, Bottom of the barrel, so to speak. You know, in a certain sense, we're the lowest neshamas. The Jeridas Hadoros, we're the lowest, we're the lowest generation. And yet, somehow, in some mysterious way, we're the ones who are going to bring Mashiach. 
we're going to bring us to the highest point. The lowest and the highest you're touching. Chachma, which is the highest point of, of that wisdom, right, is somehow manifesting within Malchus. It's this crazy, it's this crazy thing that's happening on Purim. Right? And it happens in such a way that I can't really, I can't really chop it with my rational mind. Why would Hashem want... Right? But that's what Adam Arishon represents all of mankind. That the lowest generation is somehow... Right? We're the last generation of Gauls. We're the first generation of Gula. We're the highest and we're the lowest. We're the worst and we're the greatest. Okay? So therefore, when a Jew is reading the Megillah, and he feels that what... that he doesn't really understand what it means to understand the Megillah in a place of, of Chachma, right? There's a Histalkus HaMochin. Histalkus means a removal. A removal of the mind. Right? He's not, he's not fully mentally there. And again, we're not talking because he's drinking, because he shouldn't be drinking before the Megillah, obviously. He's a little bit, he's a little bit sleepy. Right? That's a term that we would use for a person who's not, who's not focused, who's not, who's not alert. And that's exactly what Haman claimed about Klal Yisrael. Literally, there is this nation. Right? But as the Bedrash says, The Jewish God is sleeping. Jewish people are sleeping from mitzvahs. We're not engaged, we're not connected. Therefore the Pasuk says, Like one who is sleeping, Hashem awakens. He drives the enemies backwards. What does that mean? Mordechai and Esther came and they restored the Mochin the Chachma. Again, whatever that means. But they somehow, they woke up the whole, the whole chain from Chachm all the way down to Malchus. They woke up the Syros. They, they woke up our inner world. And in doing so, they were able to defeat the biggest enemy of Haman. And therefore, Purim is this incredible time to what? To wake ourselves up. To spiritually wake up. To show Haman that we're wide awake. To show Haman that we're wide awake. That we're engaged. That we're, we have so much energy. We can sing and dance all night. Right? We, we have so much energy on Purim to show how, and you think we're a sleepy nation. We're half asleep during Shia. We're not engaged. We're falling asleep over our Gemara. I always come back to the line where Victor Miller said. Where Victor Miller said, and I, it's, a, it's a very stark muster in a very funny way. Where Victor Miller said, I never saw someone falling asleep in an ice cream shop. What did he mean by that? He said, I never saw someone like this. Right? Imagine a person sitting in an ice cream store with a bowl of ice cream, big bowl of ice cream, you know, sprinkles, chocolate syrup, cherry on top, right? With a spoon in the ice cream going like this. Never saw that. Ever see someone dozing off over a bowl of ice cream? You've seen that? I've never seen it either. Have you ever seen it with a sitter? Sure. Have you seen it with a gomara? Absolutely. Have you seen something? He said, I never saw someone fall asleep over a bowl of ice cream. I never saw someone head nodding, you know, nodding off over a bowl of ice cream. It's different. Yeah, it's different. Okay, it's different. Well, it's different. If you were so tired, you wouldn't be getting ice cream. It's different. It's different. Okay. Okay. We learn even when we're not. Oh, so, so, that's the, that's, so that's exactly the beauty of this vart, right? Misnam name is Yatsa. If you're half asleep and you're reading the Megillah, Hashem says you're Yotze. You know why? Because, yeah, you're, you're trying. You're trying. You're trying. You know, you're still... You're trying. Haman says we're completely asleep. So our response is we're not completely asleep. So Haman would laugh at us. The Yitzhah would laugh. Okay, so you're, you're half asleep. Hashem says, no, but half asleep is not asleep. Ani yeshena v'libi air. Right? Another pasuk. Ani yeshena. 
even though there's a part of me that's deeply asleep, but my heart is wide awake. In other words, okay, Golis is hard, Golis is a sleepy experience. This world is not so easy. But Hashem says, you read the Megillah half, half awake, that, that's also a Mila. Haman says, you're completely asleep. I'll prove that you're not completely asleep. Right? And we start the way, Mordechai and Esther are trying to wake us up, trying to spiritually rouse us from our, uh, from our slumber. Umashapirish Begamar, and that which the Gemara says, Nisnamnim. That which the Gemara says, Nisnamnim. What does that mean? Nim velo nim, tir velo tir, like I told you. Asleep but not asleep, awake but not awake. Right? It's, this, it's this quasi, it's this strange state of like, chatsi chatsi, which again the Gemara defines as you're awake enough that if someone calls your name, right, you're able to respond, but you don't know how to, you don't know how to answer a question. Right? I like, have a sleep on the couch. Right? So, you know, so your parent says, like, uh, no, blah, blah, blah. And then you like, ask a question, and then like, you're back asleep again. You can't answer the question. Right? So there's a, there's, a, there's a madrega of being nimble or nim, asleep but not asleep, awake but not awake. Dukari leva one, that where if you call to him, one, he can answer a little bit. But he's not, he's not enough to awake enough to be fully engaged. So what does that mean? Even though we're a little bit shlufen, even though our minds are not open to the wisdom of the Torah, and again, Chavah, we're not, as much as we're learning this, we're not, we're not those tzaddikim who are able to see how every word of the Megillah is speaking to us, and it's a love letter from Hashem. And, okay, we're going to go to Shul tonight. We're going to go to Kriyasa Megillah. At Halavai, you'll come to me, you know, at the dancing tonight or tomorrow, and you'll say, oh, I found something good I want to share with you. Gavaldik. Right? But we're not the tzaddikim. We don't, we don't hear the Megillahs clarifying all of the things that are happening in the world right now. We're not, we're not on that madriga. Our minds are not open to that. We don't have that level of chachma. Nonetheless, amnam enu v'chinas yashin legami. But we're also not completely asleep. Rak v'chinas nim v'lo nim dekari Dekarileva'ane is a beautiful idea. That if you call to a person, they respond. You know what Rav Tzadok Akoin of Lublin says about Mashiach, the shofar of Mashiach? It's one of my favorite images. Rav Tzadok says that Tekab B'Shofar Gadol L'Chei you know what's going to happen? Hashem is going to blow that shofar. Right? Mashiach, Eliyahu, Navi, whatever it is, however it's going to work, is going to blow that, that shofar. Tekab B'Shofar Gadol And the Jew who is the most disconnected... The Jew who claimed that he's not interested in Yiddishkeit, no Shabbos, no kosher, or living with his non-Jewish girlfriend, the second he hears the sound of that shofar, he's going to come running. It's going to hit him in such a deep place that's still awake, he's going to come running. Right? That's what Tzadok says. Tzadok says, Everyone's going to come running back to Yerushalayim, when you hear the sound. Because why? Because even if I'm sleeping on the outside, believe me, my neshama is wide awake. My heart's wide awake. So, dekari leva'ane means a person who's a little bit sleepy, but if you call him, he'll answer. Right? When Hashem says, when Hashem reveals himself and calls him, the guy's not going to say, I'm not interested. You know, he's going to respond. Well, of course, when he hears the shofar, he's going to respond. He's going to come back to a state of being alert, being awake. A Jew, a Jew who's willing to at least be a little bit awake to the Megillah, Hashem says, that's fine, that's good, you're Yotze. Because Amalek claims you're totally, you're totally done. Right? Amalek wants total despair, total yayush. That's what Haman's going for. Total annihilation. Not just physical annihilation. Total spiritual surrender. And if a Jew can just keep his eyes open a little bit, 
Right? Then when Mashiach comes, he'll, he'll, he'll wake up and he'll be totally ready to go. Alright? Okay. So, I want to show you one last line. Because there's one line, the more of Hashem you just have to know. Okay? Let's see if we can find it together. He says a very wild thing. It, and and all, the, all the good Purim, Chasidish, you know, Swarim and Purim, that just have different Divrei Torah and Purim, everyone quotes this line from the Morav Shemesh. So how could we not know that our Rebbe is the one who, you know, I've been learning more of Shemesh all year. How could we not know that our Rebbe is the one who says this line? Okay? What does it mean exactly? I leave it to you to, to figure out exactly what it means. <clears throat> Let me just show you. Let me show you this piece. I'll show you this one line. Let's see where it is. It's pretty close to the end. Here you go. Page Shin Lamed Hay. Go to Shin Lamed Hay for a second. <coughs> Just the left hand column. Okay, page Shin Lamed Hay, the left hand column. Vizeb Beer Maimra Chazal. You see it? Just look at this. I'll show you when you get a couple, you read a couple words to get to the line. He says, the Gemara tells uh, Chazal tells us, it's a Medrash. The Medrash tells us, Im Kol Hamoadim Yuyu Betalim. Yimei ha-purim lo niftal. Chavah, purim is forever. We saw it many times already. The Rambam Paskins that way. Megillus Esther is forever. Purim is forever. Right? It's in its own unique category, that it lives on forever. It'll never be batel. When Mashiach comes, all the other holidays will be batel in the sense that they'll be secondary. Because we're going to see so much greater things that we're going to feel that like, what we experienced in the past was nice, but it's not the main thing anymore. Batal means like, like Iker and Tafel. It's going, to be, it's going to be secondary. But Purim is always going to be primary. You know why? Because again, Purim reaches, like we said, to a place called Chachma, to the top of the Syros. It's a Moacha Chachma Kolayom. It opens up the mind in a certain way, right? It's the highest level of knowledge. Again, the irony is that it's somehow the highest level of awareness comes from a place called Adaloyada. The highest thing is to admit that I don't know. But it opens the mind in a certain way. Masha'in came b'shabasos v'yom tovim. On Shabbos and Yom Tov, there are moments. She'in misnotzeitz mocha chachma b'malchus rach b'shas tefila. On Shabbos and Yom Tov, during the davening, so chachma and malchus somehow line up. But I'm putting the whole day. Which is why Purim feel like there's not right like which which part of the day is from Shabbos is like parts that feel like you know oh this is you know Shul on Shabbos the Sud on Shabbos it has different parts Purim is just like this one thing like just like it starts and it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes you know it just goes right <clears throat> if you're really if you're swimming in it it just it totally envelops you it's not like Shabbos and Yom Tov where there's a Malach Chachma and Malchus at the moments of Tilos. However, what is the messianic vision of the future? Like the Navi Yeshaya says, where the world is going to be filled with the day of Hashem, with the knowledge of Hashem. We're going to be swimming in it. It's going to cover the earth like the oceans. You won't need to teach someone else because everyone will have that absolute clarity, that awareness of Hashem, from the smallest to the biggest. Haman wants to murder every Jew. The vision of Mashiach is where every Jew is restored to what? To his absolute connection to Hashem. From small to big alike, everyone's going to know Hashem equally. 
Because then that, that absolute clarity, that awareness, again, that alertness, Yediyas Hashem is going to be felt in the world in such a clear way, Derech Malchus. In other words, the whole thing, right? From top of the chain to the bottom of the chain is going to just be filled with Elokus. There's not going to be any division anymore between different Madregos and different levels. Okay? And ready? Here's the line. Underline it. Here's the line. Oz kol hayamim the future is going to be Purim all the time. <laughs> a world that's Kulo Purim. Right? You've heard before that, you know, the world of the future is a Yom Shekulo Shabbos. But says our Rebbe, the more of a Shemesh, no, no, no. The world to come is going to be what? It's going to be a Yom Shekulo Purim. You Purim all the time. We're going to be able to live a Purim Dick existence all the time. Now, what does that mean? In terms of the, the outer trappings of Purim as we experience it today is a good question. But the essence, the inner essence of Purim, which is just this incredible awareness. Again, think about your moment, your best moment on Purim, your best feel on Purim. The best, the, the most real moment that you ever had on Purim. Where you poured out your heart and you spoke to Hashem, and you were really, felt really connected to Klai Yisrael. You know, you stepped out into the street and you just saw... Jewish men, women, and children, you just said, I feel so proud to be part of this whole this whole thing, you know? I want to just, I wish I could swim in this forever. Because next week already, you know, yeah, next week me and my neighbor are going to go back to our old machlokas about whatever it is we're fighting about. But right now, it's just, it's kulo ava, it's kulo echad, like we learned last week. So, lost love with the world of Purim is going to be what? We're, we're just, we're in that all the time. Right? There's no distinction between young and old. There's no, there's no madregos, there's no different levels. So all the lights that emerge from the other Yom Tovim are going to be totally overshadowed. It's going to be like a candle in broad daylight. Perhaps it's going to be such a bright light in the world that everything else is just going to be is going to seem small compared to it. But that's uh, that's an incredible line. Everything's going to become, uh, everything's going to be permanent in the future. That's a wild idea. That's a pretty wild idea. All right, we should be zoicha. We should be zoicha to swim in at this farm. All right. Nochav, what do you say? Farm. Farm. Farm tonight. Farm. <laughs>